Well, it's definitely an intimate experience. It might be the only time that day that another human being is touching you and they're fully focused on you too. They're not trying to talk about themselves. They are thinking about your appearance and how to enhance it. So that's why you always feel good when you leave. Welcome to the What Origin Podcast. In this episode, we'll be interviewing Cassie Bailey. She is a hairstylist and it's hosted by Shyla because I honestly have a shaved head basically, so I don't know much about hair. You can find out more about her at instagram.com slash rainbow.sorcery. To find out more about the podcast, you can go to whatorigin.com or join the conversation at facebook.com slash whatorigin. Hi, Cassie. It's lovely to meet you today. Um, so I've, I've been having a look online um, at your website and things like that and your Instagram and um, you've got like like a funky sort of style and the way you style people's hair and, and, and things like that. Could you tell us more about your type of hairstyling? Like is, it, is there a difference between a hairstylist and, and a creative hairstylist? So I definitely think that there are a lot of people going into our industry today and they can produce basic haircuts. They're going to do a good job, but I like to take it the extra step and offer something different to people, whether it's shaving an undercut underneath and doing a design or trying to get someone to incorporate a little bit of a pastel pink color into their hair. So I definitely try to go that extra mile to push people to try something different. Um, and it's something that I've always done with myself too, since I was a kid. So I, I think there is a little bit okay. of a difference. There, we do have a term called craft hairdressing. Okay. That's where you're going to get all those sharp shapes and cut out bobs and funky shags. Okay. So is that something that's recently come about? Because I've noticed a lot of, like when you go online, there's loads of people who have like this unicorn colored hair and things like mm-hmm. that. Is, do you think, do you think your craft has sort of come about or? has become slightly popular because of this sort of trend of like coloring hair or oh definitely is it, um, yeah? I think in the last decade with Instagram and other social media you, it's just blown up so more and more people are seeing these different colors and you know different haircuts on people and they think that they could wear it too so it's not something that you're just seeing in high editorial magazines and in fashion runways you're kind of seeing it everywhere now because of Instagram. Yeah, definitely. So Instagram has definitely sort of um, influenced a lot, I think, on, on a lot of industries and, and the beauty industry and things like that. So um, what was it What was it that made you go into hairdressing? Is it something that you always wanted to do? Honestly, yeah. I remember, you know, playing spa with my friends when I was a little girl and I always wanted to have my own business and offer services to people But it was probably in middle school when I started really experimenting with my friend's hair. I would cut their hair with different things like a steak knife or a little pair of scissors. Um, And then I started doing my own hair. So it's always been on my mind. And I love creating. So what did you um, what did you like study and things like that? Did that influence what what you what, what you're doing now? So I, I got a camera for my 16th birthday from my father, and I really thought I wanted to be a photographer, a fashion photographer to be exact. Yeah. Um, and so 
I also had uh, interest in true crime and forensics. So I spent a year in college studying forensic anthropology and digital and film photography. Um, so I, I kind of didn't really know what I was doing with the camera and going to school. Really, it just wasn't for me at that time. So after a year, I just decided to go into beauty college and, you know, suddenly I love learning and reading and doing everything I can to get through that course. So it, it was a very short time out of high school where I wasn't focused on doing hair because I was, I was taking like friends and close family at my house. So it's almost okay. like I've always been doing hair. Okay, It's always been something in the background that you've always had an interest in. So it's always been your hobby. Right. Um, so it's lovely that it's something that you that you know actually that actually trans transpired into like actual career which is really good um how do you feel um when you when you're doing people's hair like how does it make you feel when you're cutting other people's hair like um has it changed over the over the years so like in initially I imagine I'm just imagining here um I imagine if it, when you're doing the kind of styles that you're doing, you know, you'd be a bit nervous about the outcome or what the person might think. Or are you really confident now and you sort of know that oh, this is going to make them feel good? I, it's an artistic outlet for me. So I've had many learning curves in my career. I mean, yeah. in school, I was very confident. I told everybody I could cut their hair and I have photos and I'm a much better hairdresser, you know, 10 years later. Yeah. But it was pretty nerve wracking coming out of beauty school for me and working in high-end salons. I've always been kind of a funky person. I have like a punk rock style to me. So I, I, I felt a little judged and confident that I couldn't offer people these, you know, beautiful haircuts. So it yeah. took a couple of years and some advanced training and just working in the right place and having the right clients to feel like I'm past that learning curve. And especially now at this point, I've had my license since 2012. Um, mm -hmm. I love the experience of cutting someone's hair. I can definitely get outside myself and fully focus on that person and what they need um, and make an experience for them too. So it's fun and I can just kind of create on the go. It sounds really good. So like earlier before this interview, we were talking about how you, you like the way it makes people feel. So like when I go for a haircut, I can come out of that, I can come out of the hair salon feeling no better than I went in sometimes if my hair doesn't look, you know, as it's supposed to or as I imagine it's going to look. Um, but most of the time, like if you go to like your, the, the person that you go to, you know what it's going to look like kind of thing. You trust them with your hair. You go and they just make you look like, you know, like with the blow dry and everything. You just feel amazing. And and I feel like I need that every few months. I need that, you know, that right. injection of like that boost otherwise I, I just don't even touch my hair I can't even be bothered with my hair I'll just tie it up most of the time so do you feel what do you think it is about about the whole process that makes people feel so good well it's definitely an intimate experience it might be the only time that day that another human being is touching you and they're fully focused on you too they're not trying to talk about themselves they are thinking about your appearance and how to enhance it. So that's why you always feel good when you leave. And I just, I think it's nice to take time for yourself. You get a scalp massage. It's good to get the blood circulating. It will make your hair look more beautiful. Um, and I always like to help people to, you know, if you're someone who likes to wake up and go, I take that into account with the haircut and I try and offer you like 
try some sea salt spray, you know, something Ooh. simple just to kind of make it easier for your hair to look more lived in. What oh, they do? So the sea salt spray, you know, like when you go to the beach and your hair gets that nice little crunchy wave, uh. it's almost natural curl comes out. It's like bedhead. People love it. And it's always in the magazines. I'm a big um, enthusiast of air drying your hair and diffusing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I am a blowout specialist. So it's funny that I'm about that. But I think everybody's hair should be cut in the way that it's growing with calyx and whatnot. Give a little bit of movement and personality. Use some sea salt spray, scrunch it in and go. It can even make straight hair look a little bit more interesting. Interesting. I'm gonna find. I'm gonna look that up. Sea salt spray. I use like root boost and things like to 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 make my hair look a bit more awake. You know. Yeah, but I mean yeah, that's, never... that's kind of a similar idea. Okay, sea salt spray. That's interesting. So, um, <laughs> watch the sales go I... up. That one. The other thing, I don't know if you've heard of this one, but like whenever I go to, hair, I've got I've got thick hair. I've always had very thick hair. Like I grew up and. Um, with like a long plait my mum would just plait my hair and it was just like she was so proud of my hair she wouldn't let me cut it so I just had a long plait like till my bum and I couldn't like she wouldn't let me cut it or do anything it's about this hair tied up the whole till I was about 12 years old so this big long plait that I could probably cut off and donate now which everybody does but um I have very thick heavy hair and um I do like growing it, but I like that bounce. You know when you when you get right. late, so I've you know when my hair was short, like shoulder length, and I, you put layers in and it all bounces up. I used to love that look because it used to make my hair look all thicker and more, more voluminous. But now I like the length, so I tried this thing, and I don't know if you think it works, but it's called the inversion technique. Have you heard of it? No. Yeah, no. So. It, it's probably just made up, I don't know, but I saw it on a few YouTube videos, right? And you basically sit there with your head upside down, like like you sit there with your like head between your knees and uh-huh. hang your head upside down so that, you know, all your hair's hanging. And then you massage your scalp using like warm oils. It could be like castor oil or like coconut oil or something. And you just massage your scalp and you do that for five minutes. And like that, the blood rushes to you, supposedly. The blood rushes to your scalp and and stimulates the hair to like grow longer. Now I I'm convinced that my hair grew an inch when I did this, but I don't know if you've ever had anyone tell you this. And do you have any other tips on making your hair grow? <laughs> if you've so never honestly, heard that one, or you don't, yeah. That is probably the only thing that you could do to make your hair grow. Really? Uh, yeah. So it's not false. Um, okay. So I would maybe advise to stay away from coconut oil. It's too mm-hmm. big of a molecule to absorb into the skin. So yeah. it just kind of sits on top of your scalp, right? Okay. Um, but anyways, I mean, it's kind of like when you get goosebumps, that's a, it's a muscle reaction from the end of the hair follicle. So when you stimulate the skin, you really are bringing blood to it, um, which will help nurture the hair follicle itself, the pores, it's going to keep your skin from drying out or getting too oily. It's honestly, I would recommend doing that every couple of days or once a week, at least. Oh. Most people aren't massaging their scalps. And that's why the shampoo is so important when you go to the salon. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, I was doing it like every day. I think yeah. I was doing it twice a day, every day for a week. And I was convinced my hair grew an inch. And 
I don't know if I was just like imagining it. But I was convinced. I did measure it with a measuring tape, but I don't think I measured it properly the first time. You know, yeah, like the starting point. But yeah, that's good. I mean, I, I feel like I wasn't Some being completely stupid then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said don't use coconut oil. Then what do you use then to like massage? Um, because jojoba oil is probably going to be the closest to the skin's natural sebum which just means Mm -hmm. that your pores will actually be able to absorb it and use it to its benefit to make the skin more nourished. Or it Mm -hmm. can also be absorbed into the hair. Whereas coconut oil, you got to shampoo your head like five times (laughs) just to get that out of there. It's really heavy. Sure, yeah, because my hair's thick as well. So it does literally take me like five times for it to be clean again. (laughs) Because I can feel that residue like for a few days after. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Um, what other tips can I get from you? Are there any other tips that you would give, like just for healthy hair or growth? As people say to like cut your hair like six weeks, is that true? You should be cutting your hair, trimming it six weeks or twelve weeks, or is there like an optimal time to be trimming your hair? So I mean, I'm not somebody that likes to push the six to eight week thing. Um, I kind of like people to feel their hair out. But it really depends on how much processing you are doing. If you are highlighting your hair that often, you probably should be cutting it um, once, you know, every couple of months or every other time that you're in for your highlights. Um, Whereas if you don't have color in your hair and you're using the right shampoo and conditioner at home and you take good care of it, it really shouldn't need to be cut for more than like three to four months at a time. And other hairdressers might hate hearing that, but... It's not necessary, especially if you're trying to grow your hair out. You don't want to cut it more than like every five months. Because I a lot of uh, these hairdressers, they say you should be cutting it. You know, they give you a time scale and I just think, oh, you're just trying to get me back in to make some more money from me. Um, because, you know, I come in like, you know, every few months and you think you could be getting me in for another haircut. That's what I think they're trying to do. But <laughs> so I guess I'll take your advice on that. So have you ever had a situation where someone doesn't like the cut or you know the color that they've had and what do you try to do to sort of fix it it like or to to make the situation better or like how do you how do you rectify that right um I mean those situations do occasionally come up not too often um but you know recently I I had a girl that really wanted bangs on her long hair and I I told her, you know, you got to really warn them that they might freak out. It's going to be different. You got to show them how to style it. But she didn't even really give it a chance. It was maybe, you know, a minute after giving her bang, she freaked out and she was pretty upset. So, you know, what do you do in that instance? Her hair's already cut. It's short. She's upset. All you can really do is kind of offer her to come in over the next couple of weeks to trim it into the rest of the hair and help her grow it out. Um, I didn't fully charge her for the experience because she wasn't happy for it. I don't have too many examples. I mean, I've had someone upset about their color before. And again, it's depending on the situation. You Mm -hmm. can't charge them if they're not happy and there's not much that you can do depending on the integrity of the hair. You can always offer for them to come back in for a free toner and gloss. Um, You send them home with a deep conditioning treatment. It's really whatever you can do to help them feel better about their hair and the situation. But yeah. hopefully no one goes home feeling hideous, you know, <laughs> like that would <laughs> Yeah, I just think that because with hair color, there can be a lot of, you know, variants, like things could potentially Definitely. grow. Yeah, because you don't know. Yeah, because you do like a patch test, right, initially for mm-hmm. hair, hair color, right? 
to do a patch test and you wait 24 hours? Is that the same? Is that the same sort of policy you guys have in the US? The manufacturers recommend that you do that. Not too many salons, I would say, are probably doing patch tests. So it's important. If someone says that they have an allergy or they're unsure, you definitely urge them to do it. Because um, I, I personally have a color allergy. I cannot put professional, like permanent color on my scalp without breaking out. So you need to be really careful and, you know, make sure that that person is comfortable and not having any serious reactions to it. Like it can be unpredictable. So you don't know mm-hmm. the color's going to take, right, on someone's hair like you, you thought totally. it was going to take and things. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can imagine there'd be, you know, some people not completely expecting the result that they get, not necessarily not happy with it, but not necessarily expecting sometimes the result that they get. So what are the biggest trends right now then? Like, what would you say? What's, what's the biggest trend at the minute with hair styles and colors? Right now, a shag is huge. It's like, it's known as the haircut of San Francisco. <laughs> it's very popular. Oh, okay. So people are doing a lot of straight razor cuts again, um, which yeah. is more freeform layering. Definitely takes a little bit of skill to do, um, but people are really like taking a lot of the weight out of their hair and creating movement and really beautiful silhouettes. So I think we're moving away from like the sharp bobs and just the long layers. People want to see a little bit more movement within the hair. And I feel like only certain people know how to cut it in a way so that it's not too, I don't know, it, it, it doesn't. It, it doesn't bounce right unless somebody right. they cut it a certain way and only some people cut it that way and other people don't it's, it's hard to find like you know the same sort of stylist what's your end goal then what would you like to what would be your end goal or are you there or like would you just want to continue like doing what you're doing for the next few years or do you have like do you have any other things that you would like to complete in like your hairdressing Lovely. like I don't know any maybe other levels of Yeah, I mean, in the next couple of years, I would really like to rent my own studio space where I could just, you know, perform my work out of by myself. Um, And I'm looking to get into platform work, too, in the future. Right now, I'm looking for models that will let me do, you know, rainbow prism colors on their hair and kind of whatever I want in terms of, you know, rainbows. So I'm I'm trying to kind of push forward and use social media to my advantage at the moment, uh, just to network and reach out to more people and let them know about what I do. Um, and hopefully that can lead me to a path where I can educate others and show them how yeah. cool this you know job is. Earlier on, you did say that you studied anthropology at college, but then something steered you to go back or focus on your creative side and continue down you know the route of hairdressing and creative hairdressing a lot of people don't really have the courage or don't really manage to to do that they don't they don't somehow achieve their creative you know they don't manage to achieve to 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 continue sort of their their creative roles so how did you do that or what point did you realize actually I want to do you know this creative thing that I've always wanted to do and um what steered you to it what made you make that decision to go into it and how can other people convince themselves you know if they are in the same situation with Sarah at college and they're doing you know something academic or something that they doesn't really spark that interest in them how can they achieve the same way you did using your creativity right so I mean I was studying forensic anthropology so it it wasn't the happiest thing um and I think it made me very depressed to realize that with this job you would have to 
work with people's families and give them devastating news. And it's also very tedious having to map out, you know, crime scenes or a washed up cemetery and whatnot. And then also studying photography at the same time. I was doing all of these photo projects that honestly kind of bored me. Um, I really wanted to style my friends and get them to wear crazy clothes. And I didn't have the time, energy or money to do it. So I, I really wasn't sure where my career was going because um, I was really torn between forensics and fashion. And the forensics was just kind of tearing me apart. I don't think I am the kind of person that could work in a job like that and still maintain a happy, positive life. And something just happened to me by the end of my second semester that was over it. I something I just I couldn't go to school anymore. I really didn't want to go. Um, and I really wanted to do hair because I was already using my free time to do haircuts and colors for people. Um, I wish I had more advice for somebody in that situation because it was very sporadic. I was 19 going into beauty school. Um, I took out a lot of loans to do it, but as soon as I started school, it just felt so right for me. I was, I've been happy since the day I've had my license. Um, Really appreciate you taking your time out to have a chat with us today, Cassie. Um, so can you tell us where we can find out more about you? Yeah, so uh, my Instagram is definitely my website right now. It's the number one portfolio site. So you can find me at Instagram.com slash rainbow period sorcery. Um, and you can definitely wait and see some rainbow colors coming up soon in the next month. Brilliant. Look forward to it. I'll be following that. Thank you again. <laughs> Thank you. It was really nice talking to you. I appreciate the opportunity. Oh, thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the What Origin Podcast. You can find out more about Cassie Bailey at, at Instagram.com slash rainbow.sorcery. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can visit whatorigin.com or join the conversation at facebook.com slash whatorigin.com.